Hey everyone, Jonathan North here, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the iHeart Podcast, an interview I did this week for the Rotoscopers with Howard Jones, co-founder of Axis VFX, who has worked on several animated films for one of my favorite studios, Ardman Animation. As most of you know, I am a writer for Rotoscopers.com, an animation news and reviews website, and occasionally we are given opportunities to interview people involved in the animation industry, whether it be filmmakers, voice actors, artists, etc. I have tried to schedule these interviews once or twice before, but something always seems to come up, and now that I'm working overnight full-time, I basically have given up on even trying to do any interviews. However, in January, I saw one come up that sounded really interesting. Someone representing Howard Jones was reaching out to see if anyone would be interested in interviewing him as Urban's latest film, Early Man, for which Howard had worked as a visual effects supervisor, had just been nominated for seven Annie Awards. I really liked that movie, and I thought it would be a cool opportunity, but I didn't even bother volunteering for it because I figured it wouldn't work out. Then a month or so later, they reached out again, checking one more time to see if anyone was interested. Since no one had taken it in the past month, I decided to volunteer as long as we could work it out with my crazy schedule. And it took a while to find a day that would work for both of us, but this week we finally got it figured out and the result was this interview. Originally I offered the audio of this interview to Morgan, the Rotoscopers editor-in-chief, since the interview was for her website. But as their main podcast is currently on hiatus, she told me I could just use it here and then link to it within the article on the website. That way readers would have a way to listen to the interview should they choose to do so. If any of my regular listeners would like to read the article version of this interview, or check out any of my other writing for rotoscopers.com, I'll have a link to that in the description of this episode. And now, without further ado, here's my interview with Howard Jones for the Rotoscopers. Hello? Hello? Oh, is that Jonathan? Hey, hello. How are you? I'm alright, you? Good. So, um, what what would you like to start with? Well, I was thinking, since you're probably not as familiar to some of our readers as somebody like Nick Park, I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit about you and what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Howard Jones. I'm a co-founder of Axis VFX, which is part of the Axis Studios group. I've been working in post-production for, it must be, 20, coming on 27 years now, um, and been working in visual effects for about 21 years. Most of my time now, apart from running part running the company, is as a visual effects supervisor. And on Early Man, I was a visual effects supervisor across the 3D and 2D teams, working directly with Nick Park uh, to get his ideas on screen. So how did you get into this field? So I got into visual effects in 98, having worked at Avid, um, I went in as an editor and I came out training people up on their uh, visual effects software, which was Avid Illusion. And then, uh, yeah, I got, I got my first job because my boss at Avid told me how, what a wonderful career I was going to have uh, looking after resellers. So I went straight back to my office, phoned up the BBC in Bristol and asked if I got a job, if they had a job. <laughs> and uh, so um, and they, they, I just happened to know I'd sold something to them. So, uh, yeah, I got a job with BBC in 98 down in Bristol and that's where I've stayed ever since. So how did you get started working with Ardman? Myself and my business partner Grant, we met working on Pirates, which is um, Peter Law's film in America, Pirates Band of Misfits. Mm-hmm. And after, for the few years after we'd worked there, we kept giving each other work from our respective businesses and uh, we're trying to set up a company. And then Sean One came out, or was coming out, and I approached Ardman, basically, having been a supervisor on, on a short that they'd done, and just said, you know, if we get a company going, could you consider us to do the visual effects for your next film? And we got a company, we got the budget right, and we got the job. 
So that's how uh, Axis VFX got there. But my, my first job was working for Pirate. So have you done any other animated films other than with Ardman? So I'm just trying to check in my mind. Uh, I think the answer is no. Um, okay. Yeah, we've only worked with Ardman. Okay. We, well, we've we done Sean, Early Man, and we're doing Sean 2 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about the development of the movie? Like, were you involved in any of the ideas or anything about, like, pre-production or anything? Or were you just in charge of bringing the ideas to life? Mostly um, bringing the ideas to life. In the early days, Nick was very much heads down with, with script writing and, and or storyboarding and story development and, um, and uh, the filming side of things. Um, but as that eased off, then his attention, his able to give more attention to the visual effects side. Um, but it's mostly, to be honest, getting into his head and, and realizing what his vision is and trying to realize that as close as we can. Uh, obviously, we go through a number of iterations uh, and sometimes, you know, I might offer something up that's a bit of a blind alley, but at least we know that's where we don't want to go. So it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly getting his ideas on screen. So do you do mostly like computer generated special effects? And can you tell us a bit about the process of doing that on top of stop motion and how you integrate those two things? Yeah, I mean, everything we added to the film was computer generated in some form or was computer manipulation. The the simplest stuff we do is to um, remove rigs um, and clean up any um, puncture wounds on the clay or Sometimes you get knife marks left behind, which are a bit unsightly. So we, we, we clean up to a certain extent the actual um, faces and everything, but we still keep as much of the fingerprints and all the actual natural attributes that comes with the claymation. So that's the basic stuff, clean up and then rig removal. Then on Early Man um, and Sean, and Sean too, there's a substantial amount of skies to be added or extending the set. Now, they were all done um, by Ardman as matte paintings. Um, but our role was to sort of integrate them into the uh, backgrounds of the shots themselves and also just make sense for continuity as well. There was also some things like the geysers and, and fire. And at the beginning, there was a lot of um, fire and smoke and, and other stuff that was added. Mm-hmm. A lot of the fire is CG. Very little of it is library. But with the CG fire and everything and all the torches, our goal was to make it feel as part of the Ardman world. Our initial tests were too oily and looked too much. I mean, in fact, the very initial test we got from the effects artists, I said, it's great, but it looks like a helicopter on fire. <laughs> we need something a bit, you know, a bit more suitable to the size of the torch that they're carrying. And then it still came to through too oily. So we simplified the look of it to try and make it feel part of Ardman's world. So there's torches everywhere. There's sort of backgrounds and skies and everything. And then obviously the, the major thing that we did uh, was the stadium and the audience. So the stadium had already been designed um, and was passed on to us. What we did was optimize it, make it renderable. We built all the grass and everything else in the stadium and we turned it into an asset that we could actually use for the actual film. We then worked with Dave Alex, who was the DOP on it, Dave Alex with it, and he came in and helped us light the stadium. So it was lit in a way that he would have done it if he could light the stadium. Once that was all set up, we developed the crowd system so we were able to put in 20,000 puppets into the uh, seats. The puppets were designed and built by Ardman, and the basic animation types came from Ardman, but we spent quite a few months putting together different animation cycles and different percentages of different animation cycles so that we got a natural feel to the audience, mm-hmm. uh, so there wasn't too much visual noise uh, and, and stuff. And if they were cheering, it felt like they were all cheering, but 
as individuals rather than as a sort of a robotic clone crowd. And then uh, once we got that, it was a question of working with Nick. He gave us what uh, they call a lab, which is a live action video of what he wanted the crowd to do at any particular point. Um, so he gave us a general mood of the crowd. And then my role was to sort of interpret that along with the different cycles that we created to get the right feel for the crowd at the right time in the story. I think that's probably most of what we did. It took about a year and a half. Um, it's a lot less time to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. The the crowds would have been pretty much impossible to do if you had to do them by hand, the way they do the reg- the rest of the characters. Yeah, they they, they had a couple, of, a couple of scenes where they had... Uh, it was an early test and an early shot in, in scene 60 when we first go into the stadium. And they got, I think, two rows or three rows of crowd. I think it was three. Um, and then the rest is CG crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is tough because you've got to get your CG to fit into their CG and look like it's part of the extension of the, you know, the colors and everything, as well as the quality. And um, I think they just realized even that three rows was a lot of animation time. So that's why most of the crowd is 3D. So in all of what you did for the movie, what was your favorite thing to work on? Hmm. Well, I, I did the opening shot, so that was my favorite bit. Okay. <laughs> but um, no, I, th- I think, to be honest, it, it was the getting the crowds to work and getting all of that to work, I think, because that's... And my, my background originally was an editor, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of thought going into making sure that the crowd cuts as it should do across the shots. And I, and I think, again, from a supervising point of view, what is always satisfying is if you can take someone who's started something that looks good is to turn it from looking good to looking great. So I was told that Wallace and Gromit have cameos in the movie. Yes, they do, yeah. I just happened to be in the, um, the viewing theatre when they showed it to Nick. It's a shot where the Queen arrives, and it's a wide shot. So they're in they're in that one. But there was also the penguin from The Wrong Trousers. And that's in a wide shot of the village as we fly over where the duck appears at the top of frame. So there's three cameos in there. Okay. I will have to go back and re-watch that because I don't remember seeing those. I was surprised when I was told that they were in there. Like they must have hid them really well. Well, yeah. Um, so it's, the, it's a wide shot. The queen gets off the mammoth and walks over to Lord Nooth. And uh, they're in the bottom of frame. But you'll have to look hard to see Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, with the other one, the, the uh, penguin, you'll really have to look. But he's on the right-hand side of the screen. <laughs> but you, you have to know where to look, particularly if you're not seeing it on the big screen, because he is very small. Okay. So when your representative initially reached out to us, she was telling us that Early Man had been nominated for seven Annie Awards which I know has now passed, and there was a mm. good competition this year. We, so, came, we came joint second in all of them. <laughs> yeah, there were so many good animated films last year. Oh, uh, it's, it's Spider, Spider-Man. Kind of disappointing that not everybody could win. <laughs> but I did find that you won one award in the British Independent Film Awards, which is not an award that I was familiar with, probably because I'm American. But it looked as though you particularly had won this award. So can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe about the award too for people like me who don't know what the award is? Yeah, the the other one we just won as well a couple of weeks ago was um, a Royal Television Society Award, which is, I I find slightly odd because it isn't anything to do with television, but um, they had a a visual effects in any category 
category which we got for but that's more of a local one mm-hmm. um yeah the british independent film awards um, i think it's been going 14 plus years and it's from the same founders as the sundance festival okay so they set it up in the uk obviously to support independent film rather than the um the mainstream studios i must admit i don't know much more than that apart from it's quite a good night i mean it was just it was pretty it's a pre-oscar one and uh the film that won what was the film that won loads of oscars the best actress is olivia coleman coleman um the one about the queen i think i know what you're talking about but i don't know that i saw that one i can't remember what it's called no um yeah so that one a lot of stuff but um being um an actor's award ceremony with the craft being a bit separate we we found out before the event that we'd won so was there a ceremony that you did you go up on stage and receive the award no no they again so because because we're craft and not and not mm. one of the actors and all the rest of it yeah. we um okay. we, we just got ours in advance and then what well, speak we got told in advance then we they announced all the craft in one go and then we just went off and uh, got our awards and, uh, and a free bag of makeup which is always good for the uh, other partner it's, it's like this awards, like with the ones that they cut out of the Oscar ceremony, the ones that don't get on television, I guess. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. But you no, know, it's, it's quite it's quite a big event. I mean, say, I must admit, I didn't know much about it, but um, I was surprised actually how, how big an event it was. You know, quite a lot of famous people going to it, British famous people, some of whom you would have heard of. Well, congratulations on winning that. I was... I was really surprised when I was looking for to see what it had won. I was like, wait a minute. I think he specifically won this one. So I thought that was really <laughs> interesting and cool. Yeah, well, it, it was, yeah, it was for the Visual X supervisors. So that's um, for that. But obviously, it's part of the team and all that and getting it together. But uh, it's a bit like being a conductor of an orchestra. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. It's about the closest analogy I can think of. Or a director of a film, really, but on a different level. <clears throat> Well, I know that this particular interview is mainly about early man, but last week we got our first official look at the sequel to Shaun the Sheep. And it sounds like you're working on that. Is there anything you can talk about with regards to that film? Not like getting into spoiler territory or anything, but is there anything that you're allowed to talk about with that movie? I mean, obviously everyone now knows there's an alien in it. I think the key thing for me is that we've gone a lot more filmic with the whole look of it. The style is sort of looking at classic sci-fi films from the 80s and 90s. So there's quite a bit of influence from those films, but it's a much more filmic experience, I think. Plus, uh, you know, a really good solid story with the usual amount of jokes. I can't really say much more than that, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's fun to work on because it's not it's not just doing Shaun the Sheep 1 again. It's yeah. definitely moved on. And that's the same for everybody, you know, the DOP, the, the art themselves. So they've made it into a, a different film. Yeah. I was excited when I heard what the premise was going to be. I knew that in the TV show, Sean the Sheep, the little shorts they've done, that they've had aliens before. Yeah. I know there was some people saying like, "What? why is Sean the Sheep going sci-fi? I was like, this is not new territory for them. They've done this before. <laughs> They're just expanding it with a new story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And it, I know talking to um, Golly, who directed the first one at the premiere, I don't know, five years ago, four years ago, and he just said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do Sean the Sheep too. And I said, great. He said, it's going to have aliens in it. And I thought he was joking. <laughs> and then like three years later, it's like, oh, there's going to be aliens in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. It's, it's kind of hard to tell when I'll get to see it because who knows with the American release schedule. We don't always get the British movies at the same time, but. 
But to be honest, we don't know when it is yet. I don't think there's been a, an official release date. Hmm, okay. Unless they say it on the trailer. I'm hoping that we'll get it a little sooner than we got the first one, because I know it was months after the, the UK release that it came to America, and then it was really hard to find a theater that was showing it. It didn't get a very... The Shaun the Sheep movie didn't get a very good release in America. They did better with Early Man, but it yeah. was hard to find the first Shaun the Sheep movie. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it was Lionsgate, was it? That yeah. released it in America. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I guess they, they decide what kind of release they're going to put it out for. Mm-hmm. So it did do very well, I think, overall. I think it took over $100 million, I think. Yeah. I, I, I was glad that it did o- well overall because... I I love Ardman and I was I really wanted more Sean the Sheep. It's one of it's, I think it's a lot of people's favorite Ardman characters beyond Wallace and Gromit. We everybody loves Sean the Sheep. Yeah, and of course Sean came out of a Wallace and Gromit short as well, didn't it? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, said no, it is a good film. I'm I'm really pleased to be working on it. Yeah. Well, I think that's all my questions for now. I don't want to keep you too okay. long. So, um. I guess, do you want to, do you have any social media or anything that you want to plug for anyone who wants to find you online and follow you? Let me just see. We've got a Demio account, um, which is for the whole group, which I think is Axis Animation. There's an Axis Animation, and I think there's an Axis VFX okay. um, website, video thing, which shows stuff that we're, we're doing. And obviously, we've got axis-vfx.com is our website, which should be good to to plug and i'll have links to all those for anybody who wants to look you guys up okay well thank you for doing this interview this was fun i thank you talking to you thank you very much yeah you have a good rest of the day and you take care like i said before the interview you can find the written version of this discussion at rotoscopers.com where you can also find out more information about Howard, images from his work on early men with Ardman, as well as links to his website and various social media In the next official episode of the iHeart Podcast, my friend Eli Sanza, who incidentally also writes for the Rotoscopers from time to time, will be joining me for the iHeart Awards, a made-up entertainment awards show consisting only of categories that I care about. We'll see you next time.